if you haven't figured it out by week two, I'm just going to tell you the pattern. Uh, whatever scripture we read for the lighting of the candle is going to be the scripture we focus on. So we're in Matthew chapter 1. If you have your Bibles, why don't you please take them out and join me. We'll be starting in verse 18 of Matthew chapter 1. Matthew chapter 1, starting verse 18, says, This is how the birth of Jesus Christ came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph. But before they came together, she was found to be with child through the Holy Spirit. Because Joseph, her husband, was a righteous man and did not want to expose her to, publicly dis- to public disgrace, he had in mind to divorce her quietly. But after he had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife. Because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. All of this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. The virgin will be with child and will give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph woke up, he did what the angel of the Lord had commanded him and took Mary home as his wife. But he had no union with her until she gave birth to a son, and he gave him the name Jesus. (coughs) Three things I want to share with you this morning. They're really important as far as this passage goes, and here's the first. The first thing I want you to understand clearly this morning is that Jesus came to earth supernaturally. Jesus came to earth supernaturally. David Platt calls what we find here in these eight verses in Matthew chapter 1 the most extraordinary miracle in all of the Bible. The, the, the most remarkable mystery in all of the universe. And you know what? I, I have to agree with him. The great theologian J.I. Packer um, would, would say it, it is here. The things that happen at the very first Christmas that the profoundest and most unfathomable depths of Christian revelation lie. The more you think about this, the more staggering it gets. Let that sink in for a second. That, that, that it's, it's here at the very first Christmas. It's here at the very first Advent that, that the greatest, most unfathomable depths of Christian revelation lie. And the more you think about this very first Christmas, the more staggering it gets. And so that's what we're going to do this morning. Let, this morning, let, let's not bypass what happened that day when, when God forever changed the course of human history. This morning, let's not gloss over what God did leading up to the manger scene. Let's pause and think about it this morning. Allow the gravity of the advent to sink in. Christ's coming was anything but natural. Anything but natural. Look at these two verses. When he's starting in verse 18, it says, This is how the birth of Christ came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph, but before they came together, she was found to be with child through the Holy Spirit. Now look at verse 23. It's quoting from the prophet. It says, The virgin will be with child and will give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means. God 
with us. Now, we, we've read and we've heard all that together, but, but, but follow me here. There are some, some things that stand out. In verse 18, it says, Before they came together. What is that talking about? It means before there was a physical union, before there was a physical consummation of the marriage between Joseph and Mary, she was found to be pregnant. Okay? So, though she was a virgin, she was pregnant. Let that sink in for a moment. Right? Just, just let the gravity of that, that. That's a huge statement. That's a big deal. That's not normal, is it? That's, that's not natural. A, a virgin is pregnant. Matthew says that, that to, to, to further the case that he, she's pregnant from the Holy Spirit. Again, that, that's, that's difficult. Now, if you don't think it's difficult, just put yourself in Joseph's shoes for a second, right? Feel me. Just, just feel the gravity of this, okay? You are Joseph. You are Joseph, and I want you to hear these two words joined together, and you tell me how they make you feel. Ready? You're Joseph. Virgin, mother. Say, what? Virgin, mother? Wait a second. That's not possible. Listen, I've been around a while. I've been around the block a few times, and I don't know what makes these things that's inside of you. I know how this thing goes, and I know that it's not possible for there to be a virgin who is pregnant. Uh, I know that much. He's got to be thinking that. He's got to be thinking, listen, listen, I, I know, Mary, that, that this isn't possible. Virgin, mother, that's impossible. That's not natural. Guys, that's exactly the point. Jesus' birth, Jesus' coming was a supernatural event in the history of our world. It was supernatural. It, it, it wasn't natural. It can't be explained. And, and, and that's what we're talking about this morning. Remember that Jesus is the God, man. He's both. And so let's just talk about that for a second. Jesus is God. is fully divine. And here's some things that Scripture says about him as God. It says that he made all things. It says that he has all authority. It says that he has power over nature. That he has the ability to forgive sin. That, that he can fully identify with God. I and a father are one, he said. We can't say that. So he was God. But Jesus was also man. He was physically born, just like you and, it, you and I were. Physically born. But that means that Mary had contractions. And you, you see her, she's on the donkey. They're right, right, you know, they're out of town. She goes, listen, they're getting pretty close, brother. All right? The doctor said, when they get down to, to 90 seconds, we need to head to the, head to the end, right? I don't know. So the contractions are coming, and, and she, she experienced contractions, and, and, then, and then guess what? She went into labor, and, and I'm sure at that point Joseph is looking for somebody to give her an epidural, so it'll go well, and uh, maybe there wasn't epidural back then, but you're following me, and, and, and Jesus was physically born just like we were physically born, and if you've ever been through that process, you know that it's a, it's a wonderful, glorious, disgusting process. All together, I mean, it, it, it's an amazing miracle, and it's like, whoa, and, and it's just joyous, and, and it's, it's one of the most hard-to-explain moments until it's there, and this little slimy alien starts to cry, and you're like, oh. And in that moment, God does what only God can do, right? That misshapen little slimy thing, we look at it, go, oh, he's beautiful. He's perfect. Well, he'll be perfect after a few baths and a few days to let his head straighten back out, but he's close, right? Jesus was born just like we were born. You think about it emotionally. He lived life just like us. The Bible says that he, he was troubled at times. 
says that he felt sorrow and grief. It says that he wept and that he laughed. And mentally, it says that his mind developed as he got older. Jesus did life just like we do life. And that's because he was fully God and he was fully man. And again, that's because of his supernatural virgin birth. And I want to show you um, why this is so necessary. Think with me for a moment. Think with me for a moment. And again, Pat, just great here. If Jesus had no human parent, if Jesus just, you know, like Superman, showed up, look, there's the Savior, would we really believe that he could identify with every struggle that we've ever been through? Would we really turn to him when we found ourselves in need or in want? No, we wouldn't. Now, now put the shoe on the other foot. Now, what if both of his parents were, were, were of the flesh? What if both of his parents were, were earthly? What if he had a biological father and a biological mother? Would we truly believe that he was divine? Would we believe that he was God? And the answer to that would be no, we wouldn't. We believe that he was just like any other man. And friends, if you don't understand this, this is the heart of the gospel. This is what separates Christ from every other person that claims to be God. He was God and man because he was born of a virgin supernaturally. And it's huge. And don't let the fact that you've celebrated Christmas for 20 or 30 or 40 years, okay, cover the truth and the gravity of that statement. God, he was not God and man. He wasn't. He wasn't. Muhammad was not God and man. They were born of biological parents. But Jesus Christ was born of the flesh and of the Spirit. He was the God-man. And so God in His divine wisdom ordained a supernatural virgin birth through which Jesus would come, born fully man of a woman and fully God from the Holy Spirit. The more you think about it, the more staggering it gets, I tell you. This Christmas, would you remember that Jesus came to earth supernaturally? It's a big deal. Number two, I challenge you as we look at this text to remember that Jesus came to earth to save us from our sin. Jesus came to earth to save us from our sins. You can turn and look at verse 21. We'll be there in a second. But needless to say, Joseph needed a little convincing. Amen? Man, you with me there? Anybody? Anybody? Come on. How many men could say, I wouldn't need any convincing whatsoever? Liars. Right? Joseph needed a little convincing, and God, knowing his heart, gave him some proof. He gave him a vision. It says, starting in verse 20, And an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife. And, and that's, that's a great statement there. Think about the fears that, that, that must have been there for him. Maybe he was afraid of what people in the, in the town would think of him. Maybe he was afraid what his mom and dad would think of him. Maybe he was afraid that as this young child grew up, everybody would realize that he looked nothing like his father. Maybe he was afraid that, that there would be condemnation. I don't know, but he was afraid, evidently. And God shows up to him and says, Joseph, don't be afraid to take her home to be your wife. And get this, he says, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. Verse 21, he says, She will give birth to a son, and you... Now, now this is a big deal. 
Because what, what Joseph is going to do when he gives him a name is he, he is going to say, I accept this child as my own. Legally, I will raise this child as my own. This is a big deal that the father would, would name the child. And he says, you are going to give him the name Jesus. Get this, because he will save his people from their sins. And that's what the name Jesus means. It means Jehovah is salvation. <coughs> Jehovah is salvation. And again, I want you to just see this morning. This is a huge deal. This isn't something that you can read past. This isn't something that this Christmas season you should mistake. Jesus didn't come just to be your friend. The, the Advent didn't happen so that you could be a better person. The Advent is not about morality. The Advent is not about religion. The Advent isn't about a new set of rules. The Advent isn't about being a better version of yourself. The Advent isn't about fire insurance. Jesus came to earth so that we could be saved. That's what the Advent is about. It's about salvation. Jesus came to earth supernaturally so that he could save you and I from our sins. The Bible says that we have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. It says that the wages of sin is death. That what we earn for our sin is, is complete separation from a holy God. But get this, the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. In John 3.16 it says, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. Romans 10 Verse 9 says, If we'll confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in our heart that God raised Him from the dead, we will be saved. Jesus came to save us. That is the heart of the gospel. Jesus Christ came to save us from our sins. And there's huge implications there, folks. There's huge implications there. Eternal, of course, the Bible says that there's no other name by which man can be saved than Jesus is that Jesus is the only way to the Father, John 14, 6. And you need to know that. Your eternal destination, the eternal destination of your family members and of your friends, it hinges on whether or not, it hinges on whether or not they listen to the Holy Spirit's praying in their heart that they need a Savior. That's what, that's what salvation hinges upon. The Holy Spirit calls men, all men, to Himself. That's how that works. And it hinges on whether or not they accept and receive that gift of Jesus, whether or not they put their belief in Him, whether or not they make Him Lord of their life. It's a big deal. But I want you to know that the fact that Jesus came to save us also has present applications. Can I just talk to you Christians for a second? about this this week, and I was just going to talk about the eternal, but the truth is we live in a world today that Christians need to be reminded that Jesus came to save us from our sins, period. Not, not just to save us eternally, but also to save us presently. Hear me, Jesus is not okay with your sin. He's not. See, we've convinced ourselves that, that we, we're taken care of and we've accepted Christ and we're going to go to heaven. So the fact that we're judgmental, that's okay, because we're saved. The fact that we're lovers of money, well, that's okay, because we're going to go to heaven, right? The fact that we're, we're gossips, well, that's fine, because after all, we're covered by, by the blood of Jesus and, and by grace, right? Hear me now, friends. Jesus loves you, and he will meet you where you are, but he loves you too much to leave you there. He did not just come to save you eternally. He came to save you presently. The Bible says, be holy as I am holy. There's an expectation for Christians that they would live for the glory of God because they have received the grace of God. And that's a big deal. 
That's a big deal. I just I want to speak to you if you're here today and, and you're professing to be a Christian, but you are living in sin. Jesus is not okay with that. He did not step out of heaven and into earth so that you could be whole-home and half-hearted and lukewarm in your living. He came to save you from all of that. He came to bring you complete fulfillment in Him. That's what He came for. Jesus came to earth to save us from our sins. That is who He is, Savior. That is what He does. He saves. That is what He wants to do in you. Will you let it? That's a good question this season, isn't it? Will you allow it? Number three, I want you to see this morning that Jesus came to earth to be with us. Verse 23. Verse 23, let's read that together. It says, The virgin will be with child and will give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel which means God with us. God with us. Think think about this mystery with me for a moment. We um, have all sinned, every single one of us, right? Every single one of us has sinned. We were like Adam and Eve and and, and Satan, okay? But we don't like that one thrown in, do we? Right? Is it just me that's uncomfortable about when I say we've all sinned? Well, yeah, I've sinned like Adam. I've sinned like Eve. You've sinned like Lucifer. We like it when the Bible says that our father is the devil, do we? Oh, no, 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 The father of us, no, not that guy. Adam and Eve, that's the guy. Those are the people of sin like them. No, no, you, you sin just like Lucifer has sinned. What do I mean by that? Well, here's what sin is. Sin is sin. I am in better. I am in church. Sin is when we elevate ourselves to take God's place. That's what sin is. See, we're all about that. We're always wanting to go up and to take God's place and to be in church. And God's solution to sin, friends, is salvation. And you know what salvation is? Salvation isn't about going up. Salvation is about God coming down. You think about it for a moment. God came down and walked in the garden with Adam and Eve, right? And, and, and when we reached that extremely important part, uh, point in the, the history of mankind that God was ready to send His Savior, what did He do? He didn't bring us up. He came down and He walked in the flesh and He lived a perfect life and He died on the cross. The God-man fulfilled all of the Old Testament laws so that we could be saved. He came down. Read the book of Revelation. God is going to create a new heaven and a new earth. And what does the Bible say? He's going to come down and be our God and we are going to be His people. I don't know about you, but that astounds me. I don't know about you, but that astounds me. Have you ever received something so significant that you were just floored by it because you knew there wasn't a single way that you deserved it? This is what's going on here. The God of heaven and earth has come down. Not just to save you, friends. Get this. This is, this is crazy to me. God hasn't just come down to save you, but He has come down to be with you. He's come down so that you'll never be alone, so that you'll never be forsaken. And unless you think that this promise is just an Old Testament thing, something that happened, or even a New Testament, well, yeah, Jesus came down once, but He's back in heaven now. Unless you think it's just a future promise, well, yes, God's going to make all things new one day. Hear the words of Christ, Matthew 28, 18 through 20, right? 
All authority in heaven and earth has been given unto me. Therefore I say to you, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey everything I have commanded with commanded you. And surely I will be with you to the end of the age. Do you hear the promise of Jesus? He will never leave us alone. He will never forsake us. God has come, Emmanuel, to be with us. To be with us. I don't know about you, but that floors me. That floors me. What do we do with with that kind of message? We study the, the Christmas message in its context when we start to understand what God really did through the birth of His Son. I'm going to give you three things, and again, they're just kind of jumping off points. These aren't things to check off a list. Here's the first. Number one, I would challenge you specifically this Christmas to think about it. What does that mean? Well, we think about a lot of things at Christmas time, don't we? Watch It's a Wonderful Life and fill in the blank with your favorite Christmas movie. We put up the lights and the tree and we wrap the presents. I want you to think about, and it's okay to do some of those things, but I want you to think about what Christmas is really like. I want you to think about the, the, the day in history of humanity when God stepped down and forever changed our course. I want you to think about that. that, that that's, a, that's a big deal. He came supernaturally. Think about the birth of Jesus. When, when, when we're looking at a manger, think of how God chose to do it. Think, think of how God and His creativity completely solved our sin problem. Just, just think about it. God sent Jesus, and Jesus was completely God and completely man. It was supernatural. It was a virgin birth. Think about God's solution to our sin problem. I tell you, the more that you think about it, the more staggering, the more amazing that it gets. So think long and hard this Christmas season about how God sent your salvation. It's a big deal. Number two, I would challenge you to believe. I think that's hopefully the natural outflow of that. The more that you think about Christ coming to save you, the more that you allow it to, to, to just amaze you I pray that drives you to believe that Jesus came to earth to save us from our sins. And like I said, there's huge implications there, folks. There's the eternal, and maybe you're here and you haven't trusted Christ. I know our early service, most of you are believers in Christ, but maybe you're here and you're not. I pray that you would believe in Jesus because he is the only way to the Father, the Bible says. There's no other name in heaven and earth by which you can be saved. And if you're here and you haven't received Jesus, you need to talk to somebody about that. It's really, really important. But also I pray that you would believe that he wants to save you from your current sin problem. You know the problem with sin, guys, is we all think that it's secret, but it's not. There's not a sin on this earth that is hidden from your Father in heaven. The Bible says that from from his throne, from where he he sits, he sees all of creation. That, That the earth is his footstool. And there's not a sin in your life that is hidden to God. And if you're here and you're, you feel like God is far away, that He's not listening, that your prayers are bouncing off the ceiling, might I suggest that there might be a sin problem. Maybe it's, it's that there's a sin problem in your life and Jesus wants to save you from it. If we confess our sins, He's faithful and just and He'll forgive us of our sins and purify us of all unrighteousness. 
But if we don't forgive others, including ourselves, we allow our sin just to pile up. And God's not forgiving us either. It doesn't change that we're a child of God, but it definitely breaks our our fellowship with God. And you, you think about that. Maybe you've been there. There was a time in my life that my fellowship with my father was broken. I didn't see him like I should. I, I, didn't, I didn't see him often. There was, a, there was a period of years in which that fellowship was broken. And I love the fact that my fellowship with my father has been restored. What about you? Do you have a story like that? Maybe it was a brother or a sister. Maybe it was a long-lost friend, and, and there was a period of time when your fellowship was broken. Friend, sin will break your fellowship with God. It always does. That is its result. Do not live in it. The advent happened so that you could be free from sin, so that you could be saved from it. I pray if there's an area that you're struggling this morning that you would turn it over to Jesus. Finally, I would challenge you this Christmas to spend time with Him. To spend time with Him the sad truth of Scripture is that God never leaves us or forsakes us. That is His promise. He never leaves us or forsakes us. That He is with us. But all too often, we forsake Him. No. We run around on this crazy planet called Earth seeking out our own gain, our own glory. And the entire time, He's, he's there saying, I'm right here. I'm right here. I want to be with you. You don't have to feel alone. You don't have to feel frustrated. I am here. Jesus came to be with us. Would you spend time with him? If you do, I promise it will radically change your life. Radically change your life. And it will definitely change your life.